Well, welcome everybody to the Flying Campbell in downtown Hagerstown. If you're watching on Facebook Live, hopefully, and if you can give me a sign of life, hopefully this time the camera is positioned horizontally. Last time it was vertical and it was terrible. And somebody gave me a tip how to do this, so I'm learning something new every day for somebody who is supposed to be tech savvy. Apparently I'm not. Well, my name is Ryan Miner, and I am the host of a Minor Detail podcast. I also write at a aminordetail.com. And as I said, we're here in the Flying Camel in downtown Hagerstown, and I want to thank our gracious host, Julie, for having us come back. This is our third time, so give Julie a big hand. And as, I'll give her a shout-out, too, that the food here is great, the drinks here are excellent, this is becoming the hot spot for downtown Hagerstown. It really is. And Julie, you have much to be proud of for making this event space open to anyone who wants to use it to have constructive conversation. And I just, I can't get over how well this has worked out for what we're trying to accomplish with a minor detail and with uh, cat pack. So with no further ado, We'll get started into the show. We're going to be about an hour because we all recognize that it's Super Bowl Sunday, but truly I don't think anybody cares who wins. I, I, I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not a Rams fan. I'm a Steelers fan, and I'm sure that many people around here are just going to watch. Or I think, that the, I think what people really want to see is the Patriots lose, maybe. I mean, no? Ooh, I, I know. People are going to start yelling at me. So today we're going to talk about citizens above partisanship, and we have some of their founding members here. We've put together an excellent panel, and you've probably all heard of something called CAPPAC here in Washington County. And we're going to go down the line. I want to start with Scott. I want you to introduce yourselves, and then we're going to go and talk about what CAPPAC is, what your goals are, the mission and we'll get into some of the county politics, the, the juicy stuff that I think people want to hear about, and we've probably discussed previously ad nauseum, but we're going to do it again because it's fun, and we can solve problems by having these important discussions. So starting with you, Scott, I want you to tell a little bit about yourself and try to keep it under a minute. Hi. Uh, can you hear me? Is that on? Okay. Hey, uh, thanks everybody for coming. My name's Scott Bryan. I am probably the, I am the newest member out of the three of us with CatPAC. I have been with the organization for about six months, probably maybe a little bit more than that, um, since last summer. Um, I started out as a member and the uh, working on the executive committee as the outreach coordinator. Now I just have moved into the candidates and issues um, uh, coordinator. Or chairperson. Um, so yeah, that's less than a minute. I'm Kira Hammond. Um, I, uh, I guess I'm the longest serving. Is that better? All right. It's the angle. Yeah, it's magic. Um, so I'm, I, I think I'm, I've been with the organization longest of the three of us, which means that I was in the kitchen table meetings about, gosh, almost two years ago now, a year and a half ago. Um, where a group of, of concerned Washington County citizens felt that the hyperpartisanship, not to be confused with partisanship, which in and of itself is not necessarily bad, but the hyperpartisanship in the county was um, reaching a level where, where, th where things were not getting done that needed to be done. And after 
several rounds of kitchen table meetings, we decided that the best way to proceed was a political action committee. And so that's what we did. And now I'm the chair. See what you get yourself into? And the infamous Ken Buckler. Oh, yes. Infamous <laughs> Ken Buckler. Uh, I'm Ken Buckler. I'm the communications chair for CAPPAC. Uh, I joined uh, a little bit after Kira, probably, right after they actually started having meetings not in somebody's house. And I joined because, well, you know, as someone with libertarian-leaning views, I really saw exclusion of people who weren't in major political parties from local politics and I know I can't fix that problem on a national level but gosh let's let's work to try to fix that on a local level so and, and I really joined to try to help this organization better get the word out help them better spread their information and help engage more people so that, that's and you me have in a nutshell. I, I hope you. so. Good. Okay, so we know who you are. We now need to understand what you are. So let's break it down. What is the meaning behind CAPPAC? You talked a little bit about it in your opening statement. So to the panel, and let's start with Scott. We'll go down the line. I, I want to understand what this organization, as a political entity or a political action committee what is your goal here in washington county what do you hope to accomplish by forming this political action committee and how can you reach people in washington county who otherwise have no idea who you are and what you do well if, if you don't mind i'd like to have kira actually start because she's actually the head of the organization per se she's the the chairperson please you want me to go Okay. Um, so really what we're trying to do is, is, you know, we're agnostic essentially when it comes to uh, political parties. So what you have is Ken's a libertarian, Kira's a Democrat, and I'm a Republican. So we don't care one way or the other what your political affiliation is. What we want are people who really kind of care about what's best for the most. We're dealing in the macro, not the micro here. We're, we care about what's best for the most citizens of the county. And really, and, and, and the other, uh, Karen and Ken can probably say this a little bit better than I can, but we really focus on education, ethics, and the economy. Those are our three core real values. And then from there, we branch out into other things. And that's what we care about. Um, we endorse candidates who, it, it doesn't matter their political leanings, but we endorse candidates who we really feel like can work together. So for instance, uh, this last election, we did the uh, Board of Education and the County Commissioner race. Uh, and, and no one, and that was before I joined, but no one from CAP really cared about what your political affiliation was. What we cared about was, can these five or six people work together for the common good? And I'll stop there. What say you? How, Kira, what can we do as a community to make people more aware of who you are and what you do? What's the strategy? Well, that's a question for Cam. Okay. So it's <laughs> communications, but... Well, I know I want to back up, though. I, I want to back up. Because I think people in the community, they're starting to understand. They, they have an inkling of what you do. But we know that this community... It, I, I don't think that it would be out of line to say that it's partisanly charged. This, 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 this community in Washington County is very Republican-oriented. One party dominates county politics. We all know that. Right. 
right? That is true, but it is not the case that they are um, dominant in the way I think that a lot of people believe that they are. Uh, you know, the, the county's about 45, 35-20. And so while Republicans have a plurality, yes, they do not have a majority. And in fact, the third party and unaffiliated candidates are put in a strong showing, right? And so that is really important, I think. And that is one of the several reasons that, that Washington County is really ripe for this kind of organization. And indeed, we have seen tremendous response, almost visceral emotional response from people when they find out that we're doing this work. That, you know, when we, in, when we interview candidates that we might be endorsing, we don't ask you what your position is on any particular issue. We ask you questions about your belief about cooperative government, your belief about how democracy should work. And if you believe in cooperative democracy, we will support you. And we don't care what your position is on any of the hot button issues of the day or any of the non-hot button issues. I don't care how much you think the dump sticker should cost, okay? I just care if you're willing to work with people who disagree with you about that and about everything else. And, and I think there is a, a non-trivial group of voters in Washington County who feel the same way. Ken, how, no, do, we, I, I, how do you get the message out? So. You know that that is really one of the biggest challenges that you know not just not just cap pack faces but any organization faces um you know one of the lessons that i learned very early on um and, and i actually learned this lesson before joining cap i learned this lesson from some of my business uh ventures is that most people tell you they want to be educated they want to be informed biggest challenge is that's not actually what they want. The biggest challenge is that most people want to be entertained, not informed. Hence why we have reality television that really actually has nothing to do with reality, but we call it reality television. So one of my biggest challenges has been creating engaging content to grab people's attention to bring them to our organization so that they can come to our organization and become informed, become educated on the local issues. It's a challenge, it really is, but we're pushing through it and we are, in my opinion, succeeding. The last election, you endorsed several candidates. Scott was one of them. And you endorsed Donna Brightman for Washington County Commissioner. I believe you endorsed Court Meinl Schmidt. Did you endorse Dr. John Croca for, for Board of Education? Okay. And yes. Elizabeth Paul. And Elizabeth Paul. And uh, Harry Jones, who left the race, unfortunately. And, and Harry Jones, who left the race, and we think might be running for something here in the city. So. We hope. Well, we, that's, I think he said, said as much, and I think he's exploring either a mayoral run or a city council run. One candidate that you endorse won. That's it. So, so far the track record, unfortunately, is not so good. Right? I, mean, uh, that's, I disagree. But I how strongly so? disagree. And, and here's but you why. had one candidate who got elected. We got one candidate who got elected, but I want to point out what he has done so far in his very short time as a county commissioner. And, and I'm talking about court. Uh, the, one of the very first actions that he took is to completely reform and overhaul the County Ethics Commission. That is absolutely huge based upon recent events with some not so ethical actions by uh, certain county commissioners. Talk about that. What does that mean? 
and let's get it all out into the open. We've we've talked about discussed ethical issues, and that's a big right. priority of CAPPAC. This past election, the last couple of years, we know this county has struggled with ethical problems, okay? Yes. Starting with, what, South Korea? That's a big one. We, we know what happened there, okay? Or we think we know, or at least we have an idea based on the firsthand accounts, including the former county administrator, Greg Murray, who was on this show last week, who participated in this live podcast. And we know that the issue with Leroy Myers, he's no longer a county commissioner, and we understand the ethics problem, which is the county commissioners are appointing, the, get this, the county commissioners are still appointing people whom hear cases that involve them. So how does that work? Well, and, and to go even a little bit beyond that, uh, the, the core root of the ethics commission issue has not totally been the fact that the county commissioners are appointing them, uh, as much as it also has been the, the scope of the Ethics Commission. So in the past, the Ethics Commission, they would only consider something an ethical violation if it involved monetary gain for the county commissioner. Obviously, when you have a sexual harassment issue, that's not a monetary gain issue, but the Ethics Commission should still be involved. So that's one of the things that, that court has been working to fix, and I consider it a huge win because He's gotten buy-in from the rest of the county commissioners. Yeah, yeah, but I understand Court Meinl Schmidt's win. That's great. You have one candidate out of the many candidates for whom you endorsed. However, comma, most people still think that you're some squishy moderate group that wants moderates elected to office, and we know that this county is dominated by right-wing conservatives. People up here, if you look, just read the comment section, of the Herald Mail. Anytime Tim Rowland posts a column, people, I, I mean, it is, it is World War III, and I'm not kidding. People demand that he's fired, don't understand how news is, that he's a columnist, and believe that his, his opinion should be discounted because he has a different perspective that he is clearly not a supporter of this president. How do you fight back against that, against people who say, Cat Pack just wants to elect moderates or Democrats? So as the Republican speaking. So here's the thing. I mean, I'll echo first what Ken said. Uh, yeah, court's doing a great job. And court is uh, evidence of one of the endorsees that we had who's doing a great job. So that is a success. But I will say that when you talk about Donna, Elizabeth, and I'm not, I'll just talk about commissioner's race now. When I talk about Donna, Elizabeth, or myself, I think it Cap being, I think it was a success for Cap, and I'll tell you why, each one. Donna and Elizabeth, uh, are great candidates. They were great candidates. They're great ladies. I mean, Cap endorsing us or endorsing those two, they were six and seven. And you're talking about, I mean, and I'll be blunt here, and I'm a Republican saying this, in a county where two women, liberal women, finished six no, and no, seven. No, 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 no. I, I want to back. The, Donna Brightman's not a liberal. I, I just want to point that out. She's a hell of a lot more liberal than I am. Yeah, but, but Scott, let's be fair. She's not a liberal. She's but a she moderate. Has, she has a D at the end of her name. She has a D right. at the end. That right Hence there. why she didn't get elected. Exactly. Well, and, but that's to the point. So, I mean, you can parse it however you want, but I guess my point is, in this county, you see someone like Donna Brightman, and you see that she's, a, I mean, we still don't have 
I mean, I don't even know what the number is, but it's very rare for a woman to get elected. But you see Donna, who was a good candidate. I, I, I submit to you, if Donna was a Republican man, she probably would have done, she probably would have had a better chance. But Donna is a great candidate, and so is Elizabeth, both excellent candidates. So my point is, they finished sixth and seventh in essentially a Republican county, and I gotta believe that CatPAC helped that. Now, having said that, I'll put, I'll briefly talk about my experience. I grew up here, went to college, moved away, went to college, came back, knew no one. The reason I moved here was I wanted privacy and quiet and moved out in the country. Knew no one, right? So then I decided- You sound like my wife. Right. So then I decided to run for office a couple of years later, and I still, in the primary, I mean, I lost in the primary, but still did fairly well. And I submit that a lot of that was because of the exposure I got from CAP. Because my, you're basically looking at my campaign. There were not, there was not an infrastructure or whatever. But the, some of the momentum I got from CAP was huge. And not only was it huge, it was, it was, uh, it made me feel better about things that were going on. So I guess my overriding point is, I do think that CAP has influenced it. Because if nothing else, we've had a discussion now, and we're talking about Donna, Elizabeth, myself, all those people and the issues, it, it's part of the, the expansion. I'm sorry. And, and I want to move on to Kiara. This organization should and will and has become an intellectual brain power, a brain trust, of where we should be in this country, right? We should be able to put partisanship aside and say, especially at the local level, how can we get people who are responsible, ethical, who understand budgets, who understand finance, infrastructure? I look at these local issues in Washington County, or any county rather, how, is, how in the world does a partisan label matter? And moving back to this last election, we had some qualified women running for office. As, and and I, I don't mean to say because you're the only woman on, on the panel. Are you sure? Well, I, <laughs> how does that reflect? There's an all-male, all-white county commissioner board. There's virtually no diversity. On the city council, rather, we do have some diversity, and that's a good thing. But still on the county level, we can't get women elected. There was qualified women elected. I don't understand it. Help me understand it. Help the audience understand and anybody's listening. What happened? You mean why won't Washington County elect women? Yes. Washington County won't elect, elect Democrats, and that is, a, that is emblematic of the partisanship that we're talking about. I, I do not think that the problem is the hardcore Republicans who love Republicanism and will only vote for Republicans. I think the problem is the people who um, identify as Republican and go to the polling place without really knowing who any of the candidates are meaningfully and check all the R boxes. And, and I think if you watch the returns come in on election night, it, they supported that hypothesis. Um, I think this, Frank this, I, this is the only county, one of four, I believe, that did not elect Peter Francho, which, and we could talk a lot about Peter Francho, but this, he's a Democrat who has virtually Republican ideals, and they voted for somebody who's of unknown in this county. And they didn't elect Peter Francho. What does that say about Washington County? I, I want you to well, finish this. Well, I mean, I mean, Bernie Semler is a better example. I think. I, yes, I, you're right. You are right. Yeah. And 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 that's it. That's a perfect illustration, right? If anybody was paying any anybody who was paying attention, and there were thousands of people who were paying attention, they all voted for Bernie, right? Because he was 
hands down the better candidate. But he didn't have an R behind his name, and so people who were voting party lines didn't vote for him. And, and that, that is the problem. The problem is not the small cadre of right-wing Republicans who are, who are influencing our conversation disproportionate to their numbers. They are a problem because they're doing that, but they are not the reason that those people lose. The reason those people lose, people like Bernie, people like Donna, who, as you point out, is an incredibly moderate person. If there was a moderate designator, that's what she would be, not liberal or, or conservative. Um, the reason those people don't win in Washington County is the R versus D problem. And that is the problem that CAP seeks to transcend. Uh, and to tackle onto what Kira just said, so there, there's two different ways to motivate people to do something, a carrot or a stick, reward or punishment. And what I have saw a lot in the last two election cycles is a lot of fear-mongering. You don't want those people running our government, do in you? In what at the local level, Ken? Fear monitoring. Somewhat. Somewhat. Where did yeah. you see it, and, and what was the context? Um, a lot of it was on social media, um, and and the context was basically that, well, you know, if you support our conservative governor, if you support our conservative president, you need to support conservatives at the local level or the people at the local level are going to go against, you know, that governor, go against that president. And it's really not the case. It really isn't. Um, and, and, you know, to, to be fair, I have seen that same tactic used on the Democrat side as well as the Republican side, is, hey, we've got to vote for this party regardless of who. And that hyper-partisanship that mindset of party over politics is is damaging our county, is damaging our country. So it's a team sport. If you're not on the team, then forget it. Then for, they, they, they should forget you. You're exactly right. You, you bring up an important point that I hope the cat pack can solve in the next elections because it could take some time. I, I don't know where Washington County is right now. I, I, I see it as a Republican county that elects Republicans, regardless if the Republican is a bad candidate. And we saw candidates last time who ran that, quite frankly, should have had a second look from Republicans to say, is this really the best and brightest that we have? Do we want to elect somebody that is on the front page because they have an argument with his wife who accuses him of spousal abuse? Come on! And Republicans say, he's one of us, he's one of us, he's going to do what we want him to do, and he's a good old boy from Clear Spring. Okay, but, but not all Republicans. And that's part of what CAP stands for, too, is that there is, there is a, 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 a hyper-partisan group on the right, for sure. They have a lot of power. There's a, also a hyper-partisan group on the left. They have less power, <laughs> but they exist. And... Um, and, and we're not into either of those things. Now, that does not mean we are moderate, right? Some of us are moderates, many of us are not. I do not consider myself a moderate. However, I do believe that other people can be right about things sometimes, and I could be wrong. And I'm interested in hearing why people believe what they do, and I think that different perspectives informing public policy, public debate, public decision-making takes us 
to by far the best decisions. And that's what CAP stands for, not moderation, not anti-right-wing, anti-left-wing, but cooperation, conversation, doing this together. Scott. Hey, Kit, Kit let me yeah. just that tie, tie on that. She makes a great point. I'm a moderate Republican. I'm, what does that mean these well, days? To me, well, it's different to everybody. To me, I'm socially liberal, but I'm fiscally conservative, right? But I love the fact that I was called a rhino by my own party. I love the fact that, you know. Welcome I, to the club. Yeah, I know, right? But I, I, my point is, you know. If you don't support Trump, does that make one a rhino? Right, and I am anti-Trump. I'll say that right now. That... I, I, well, not, not anti-Trump. I'm not pro-Trump. I'll put it that way. Okay. That being supported by Cap, being, you know, having a brain in my head where I say that I'm not going to buy into the party line, didn't help me. Now, Is I that why you lost a primary? Because no, well, I, I lost for no, I wasn't going to win anyway. I knew that because of all the stuff I said earlier. I was a transplant who didn't, I mean, I heard that too, that, oh, well, you're not from here. I'm like, yeah, you know why I wasn't here? Because I was freaking serving my country as an Army officer. That's why I wasn't here. Thank you but, for your service. You know, but, you know, the, the, the point is, the point is, uh, you know, this is, I think, what Kara was saying. We are, as a county, you have to have that R, but you have to have the right R. So, you know, had Scott gotten through the primary, right, I would have been better to a lot of Republicans than Donna or Elizabeth. But they didn't want me getting through the primary. They wanted other people, and that's fine. So I, I, our point is, you know, it, it, we want... As CAP, we want free thinkers. We want people who work together. We don't particularly care what your view is on abortion. We don't particularly care what your view is on taxes. We want people that are going to work at the local level to work together. This panel is alive tonight. I love it. I love this. So We've, we've been drinking. Well, that's okay. That's okay. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and that's right. So, um, uh, okay, let's talk about what's going on in the county that you think you as an organization can contribute to solving. And let's start with county government as a whole. And let's just go down the line. I, I want to talk about the good things and the not so good things. So let's talk about some of the good things the county are doing. And then I want to get into issues that we can solve collectively as a, as a group, group think, that you can contribute, especially on the policy front. So, Kara, what do you think? What's, what are some of the good things Washington County is doing, the government as, a, as an entity, as a body, the commissioner board? What do, you, what do you think? Specifically the commissioners? The commissioners and county government uh, as a whole. Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind when you say what does Washington County do well is not the commissioners. It is um, the, school, the, the, the schools. And I don't even want to say the school board because I have some issues there. Um, but, but I do think our school system does a tremendous job with very, very little. And they, they, the people that work there, they want what is best for the children of Washington County, and they fight like blazes to make that happen for them. And, and you have two, you have two children I, in I, public I schools. I, have, I have a freshman and a junior in, right. in high school. And... Um, They've been through the Washington County system the whole time, and it, it, it's tremendous what they do. And now, I'm not saying I don't disagree with them. I mean, you can easily find in writing me disagreeing with them all over the place over many, many years. But I, but I think that that our schools are are a huge, a huge asset in this county. That's a fair point. What do you, what do you think, Ken? Some of the good things that the county is constructively doing that they're advancing towards as a whole. You know. One of the big things that I think 
that the, the county has been, and I'm going to say attempting to do, is trying to spur some economic growth. Now, now I, you know what? I will give the county credit. Uh, Fort Ritchie has been a disaster from a PR standpoint. However, would you like to buy it? Uh, I think it's for sale. I hear, I hear well, it's for sale. So. You know, and we, in all fairness, uh, you know, I would love to pay one dollar for for Fort Ritchie, but you know, um, just one dollar, and and I think that's actually what was what the sale price was. Hun, do you want to move to Fort Ritchie? But uh, okay. No, in all fairness, they did manage to bring investors in, who otherwise would not have been engaged with the county. Um, now, you know, putting aside the PR nightmare from South Korea, we do have a company in Fort Ritchie working to develop them. You know, we, we do have baby steps towards spurring economic growth, and I, I'm very grateful for that, but we need to do more. Fair enough. What do you so, think, Scott? So really, uh, and brevity is not my strong suit, so I'll, I'll, I'm working on it. I think a couple of things. I think my good buddy Court Meinelschmidt being on the, the commission is a huge win. I'm very encouraged about what we're doing uh, with this new board of county commissioners. The ethics, uh, the, the, the new process, and, and Court actually came to our meeting uh, this last week and spoke. And kudos to him. You know, he, he has honored his commitment that we endorsed him and he came back and he's, he's staying engaged. But, you know, we're looking at, or they are looking at, uh, a, a new ethics commission and a new way of pointing them. So that's that's encouraging. I think the Economic Development Council is also encouraging because they're looking at uh, a restructuring of that and getting different people involved and moving about that way. So right there, there are two of co uh, CAP's core principles, ethics and economy. And Kira talked about education. And I think finally, you know, we have uh, the president of the current commissioners, Jeff Klein, who has been a commissioner for a while. He's the new president. I think Jeff is a decent man. I think Jeff wants to do the right thing. And I think having him as the president with uh, some new members like Randy and, and Court, I think is encouraging for all of us. And I think we're all hoping for the best. And uh, to me, that, that really is very encouraging. Okay, we talked about some of the good things. Clearly, we can't mention them all. The, the county is making progress, as you said, Ken, on economic development. That's a positive thing. I think that the county as a whole, especially with infrastructure, with roads department, there are some quality people who work for this county. And we sh I, I, I've met many of them. I know many of them. They talk to me. So we see that we don't always see what's behind the scenes of county government. We don't always see what's behind the scenes of the Board of Education, but I think they're making some progress. However, we have, we have some issues to tackle over the next couple of years, and I'm hoping the CAP PAC can be instrumental in solving some of these issues by contributing your voice, by using media outlets to do that, to, to, to project issues that you care about, and to involve people intellectually. So county government right now has a leadership crisis. That's what people tell me inside of the county government. I hear it all the time that they're just not doing the right thing. They're not treating staff well. So what do you think, Scott? Uh, about <laughs> which part? Well, there's a, I'm sorry. It was a multifaceted question. But are you happy with 
the leadership and county government at this time, starting with the county administrator and the chief operating officer? I, I mean, I, I think that uh, I think Greg Murray, and when he was in that position, I think Greg Murray is a very truly ethical man who tried to do the right thing. So I think him not being or he not being there is not for him. But is, the way is, in which is, he was basically forced out of county government leads many questions. It does. It does. However, I will say I'm all about okay, what got it, and whether we're talking about personal, professional, government, whatever, I'm all about what got us to where we are and then where are we going from here. So the only reason I bring Greg up is Greg is one of those guys who I think that was doing the right thing, and he's not there now. So I think we're weaker because we don't have someone like Greg Murray in some form of leadership in the government. Now, having said that, you know, we're, what, three months in, two months into the new board of uh, county commissioners? Three. They started December... December 2nd? Yeah, two months, so, months, so, so we're three months in. I'm encouraged by some of the things I'm seeing. Now, you know, six months from now, a year from now, if, we're, if we maintain this type of momentum, I think that's going to be great. So I think we're doing great there. Um, I think we'd all agree, everyone who's here and anyone who's paying attention to this that, that cares, I think would agree that we have a lot of, this is a marathon, and we have a lot of things that we need to work on as a county. I think uh, my personal view is we're moving in the right direction. I don't think we're going to get there in the next four years. I don't think we're going to get there in the next eight years. But I think it's that whole Winston Churchill. It's not the end of the beginning, but it is the beginning of the end. That's, That's kind of the way I look at it, right? I think we're moving in a, in a good direction, and I'm encouraged by that. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but we're three months into a new commission. Right. We're three months into a new board of ed. I, I'd like to see where they go over the next six to eight months. Kara, do you think the county is transparent? No. How so? In what way? In all the ways. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can you, can um, you expound I on ask, that? I, Please, uh, go ahead. I could. I can. I will. Okay. Um, but first, I want to answer your last question, which was, uh, uh, do we have a crisis of leadership? Because maybe, I don't, yeah, probably. But, but, but the real crisis is um, a grassroots crisis, right? The, the crisis in leadership stems from a crisis at the grassroots level where the people who are affected by that leadership are not, are not making the change that's necessary to, to bring that leadership about that they need because that's how a democracy functions, right? And that is, that is what CAP is trying to change. So transparency, no, but we're working on it. Um, the ethics thing is a great example, right? The, the um, weird closed door sessions that happen every 15 minutes during commissioner meetings, that's weird. We're not sure what's going on there, but um, we are planning to track that over the next session and make it public so we can look for patterns and people can figure out what's going on. Ken's, uh, Ken can probably talk more about that. He's working on that. Um, do you want me to go on? I want to move to Ken because I want to understand what you as someone who is handling the communications for this organization, it, what can you do to penetrate county government? What can you do to bring more people out to say, I want to join this cap pack because these guys and these girls are putting people above partisanship and they're doing the right things for the right reasons and they support people who do the right things for the right reasons. What's the strategy, Ken? Well, you know, a good magician never reveals all of his tricks. But you have to because that's why you're on the panel. <laughs> and, and, you know, I will be honest, a lot of it has kind of seemed like magic in that we have a lot of people coming that, you know, I mean, like, 
you know, tonight, we have people showed up here tonight I have never met before, and they did show up for this panel. That on is absolutely amazing. On yeah, on Super Bowl Sunday yes. of, of all days to and We to had do a ton it. of people watching on, so, on live stream. Good, good. Um, but, no, as I said before, one of the big things is not just providing educational content, but providing engaging content by getting people to engage with what you send to them. And that can be either through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, our website itself, or also at our meetings. By getting people to engage, then they become more invested in your organization. Then they see that it makes sense to take that next step and support the organization by joining. Then they see it makes sense to take the next step and support the candidates that we're endorsing to help those candidates. Surprisingly, I want to make a point that in this community, I have virtually, I've grown up here, I understand how most things work, and every day it surprises me what I don't know, so I'm always learning. I feel like that sometimes people in the community are way too polite that they don't want to put their name out to something, even though that they have major issues with the county. And they take that out appropriately, too, and they go to the ballot box and they vote for good people to come into elected office. Or they just simply are not willing to put their name out on the line or show up to a meeting or post a comment on Facebook because they might think that that's outside of their comfort zone. Okay, fine. I can get that. But how do you reach out to the people like that that you know, that you can identify, that have clear and articulable problems with county government, how can you say to them, come join us and we're going to do some real grassroots work? What's that process? How do you get people to really hang on to your message? So, so, so the big trick is to provide to them our message that, that they can agree with. Uh, something that, that we have a common ground on. For example, economic development. All right, Scott, Kira, and I, we probably all have differing views on how we can accomplish better economic growth in this county, but we all agree that's something that we need to do. We need to have better economic growth in this county because we are stagnating. I think you have to convince them that it will work is the big thing that there, there are tremendous so are some people not engaged in politics because they're they don't care and that doesn't affect them and or they're you know tired or lazy or whatever yeah sure some but mostly people are not engaged because they don't believe that they matter they don't believe that that showing up at a meeting will make a difference they don't believe that voting will make a difference they don't think that they can help that they can change things and that is the biggest thing is to convince people that that is actually not true, that we can change things if we work together. And that is why the cooperative mission of CAP is so important. Because, you know, if I take all the far left liberals in Washington County and try to change things, you know what's going to happen? Yeah, you know what's going to happen. Nothing, right? But, but that's okay, because I'm not trying to change Washington County to be far left liberal. I'm just trying to make it functional. And that's what all of these people want too. And that's what most people want. We have plenty of people in Washington County who want that. And if we can convince them that working together we can get that, then they will show up. All right, I have a question. What pushback have you received from partisans? Partisans might have a problem with your organization. Because, I mean, literally, you're citizens above partisanship. So tell me, what, ex what experience have you had with that? With people who say, 
oh no, we don't we don't like your brand of politics. You have to be polarized. You're either Trump or you're either hardcore Democrat. And what you're doing is only creating a problem for us. So this is really funny. We actually just had this conversation yesterday as uh, in the executive committee. Um, because we are actually not against partisanship. <laughs> we are just over here instead of in the partisan thing, right? There's Partisanship has a role to play. It is fine if you believe in your party's mission and you support your party's mission and that's what you do, you know? We, we are not against that. The Democratic Party, the Republican Party, they do their thing. The Green Party, the Libertarian Party, that's all fine and good. It's the hyper-partisanship and the party, party above community, party above rationality, party above everything, that is the problem. And so when we say above partisanship, we don't mean like, oh, we're better than that. We just mean we're not engaged in partisan stuff. We, and we don't think that at the local government level, really anybody should be, that, that partisan politics do not have a role to play in county level government. But when you went door to door, Scott, how many people wanted to know your position on the Second Amendment and abortion? Yeah, I mean, I got asked a lot about, I mean, there, there were, I can give you various examples of uh, federal or national issues on my opinion on abortion or, you know, all those things. And sure, I understand why people want to know that because it's it gives you some insight into who, I, I think that people want to know that because they want to insight into what you believe in. But I because also it's easy. Well, it is easy, but I think also we have this fixation or this this uh, fetish essentially with national level politics because to your point, it's easy, right? So everybody knows who the president is. Everybody knows who uh, most people then a little bit less know who the governor is. But there are a whole lot of people who don't know who their elected officials are, don't know who their city council members are, things like that, and that's fine. How, how many people but, do you think in this county? If you we went out on the street of Hagerstown, and went downtown during a business day at noon and people were walking into restaurants and you just stopped. That might be a good experiment. How many people could name all five county commissioners or at least, where's Dr. Croca? I saw him walking. How many people think you could, you could Hi, name at least three members of the Board of Education? I love John Croca, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he's a shout out. How many people do you think could name all five county commissioners or the county administrator or somebody who works in county government? Well, I, I, I don't know, but I, I, I mean, there's no data to support that. But what I can tell you is I had a lot of people, family members, friends or whatever, who election day said, hey, who should I vote for? So, my I mother, mean, there's a My pretty, mother did that. So yeah, I okay. mean, I, and, and, and I look, I get it. Other people have things going on. But then, so, I mean, I think that's an indication. A lot of people, everybody knows who the president is, and some people know who their, uh, their U.S. representative is. But a lot of people don't know who their state delegate is, and a lot of people don't know who their county commissioners are. So, and that's really what we're trying to do. I mean, and we haven't really talked about this, but one of the things we're trying to do as an organization, and this is not uh, an arrogance thing, but we're trying to educate people. And we're, we're trying to offer, and you'll see this over the next year. It's like, since when did education be somehow become arrogance? Or that people who are educated well, about politics, that's seen as a, you, you, it's seen as arrogant. I, I think that's, that's mind-numbing to me. Because well, I think that's important, but some people don't want to be educated because they're perfectly comfortable in turning on Fox News every night and getting the same bullshit that they get. I mean, excuse me, but it's, they, they want that. They don't care. Well, what I'm saying with education is, and I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I, it's not uh, what I mean by uh, elitist, essentially, is we're not telling people 
this is what you should believe, right? What we're telling people is, hey, here are some topics, education, ethics, economy, and this is what we're planning for the next year, uh, we're hoping to do, is these are educational topics to sort of talk about at the local level, not state or federal. These are things that we're looking at doing to try to educate for anybody who's willing to listen. And then you make your own decision based on that information. So we might say, hey, look, these are, you know, we might bring in people from the Economic Development Council. So that's one of the things we're trying to do to sort of help educate. So then people do know who, by default, they'll hear the names of Terry Baker or Court Minor Schmidt or, or John Croca, who is eating a sandwich and is incredible back there. So, I mean, we're, we're, you know, people that hopefully is affiliated with, and I've rattled on long enough. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that Washington County has, I think, a, a media deficit, right? I, I, we have one newspaper, and we have a half of a television station. And I say half because they still can't come to a contract with, uh, you know, with Andrew Gable. And I, it, but the complaint, the common complaint that I hear is that, well, they don't do local news anyway. And that's why, I, you know, with a minor detail, I get all the time people say, "Why, Ryan? Why do you care so much about Washington County?" I'm like, have you been here? Have you <laughs> have you seen what's in the news? And and I have people downstate all the time, especially in Annapolis. They'll say, "Oh my God, I had no idea what's going on up here." Thank you for reporting on it, Ken. What can we do as far as media? You do your own media stuff. It's yes. cool. I mean, I love what you do. And has anybody read the Hagerstown report? It's sort of a satirical thing, and Ken yeah. Ken does that, but. What media, can we get more media? Can we get more people that do what I do? Yes, yes, um, you know, and I absolutely believe that that would be critical to getting a more educated voter base, is to get more people out there like yourself, all right, or, or like myself, although I'm, I'm really not as informative as you are. No, um, that's I'm not more, true. I'm more entertainment instead of... Uh, yeah, it's different kind of information. <laughs> but uh you know, and and you know, and there are alternative news sources in the county, but they're very small. Um that's true. And and I will say that you know, with the recent sale of Herald Mail, I'm a little more concerned about what our local media presence is going to be like yeah. now because Herald Mail, you know, love them or hate them, I definitely have times of both um you know they are still the only local newspaper that's right and now they've been sold off to a, a media you know behemoth that is not necessarily a good thing well I, you're, you're right and that is concerning for a small community who gets their news from the newspaper but there's also a greater problem is that people only read headlines. They don't actually read stories. And it's remarkable oh, how, yeah. how people, even who are in the know, who work in county government who are, or influential in county government, that they don't read behind the headlines. And you're in the middle of a conversation. And I'm like, well, how did you not know that this issue or that issue or that issue is occurring? I mean, people, folks, we've got to stop reading behind the, the Facebook headlines. Um, and my, I talked to Tammy Baker, who is a great journalist down in Annapolis. She's covering the State House, And it looks like some of the lifestyle reporters are going to be cut. And we have a media, a, a television news outlet that really covers minimal Hagerstown, minimal local government issues. And that's problematic. And I'm hoping that more people like myself, who does this basically freelance, um, I, and I virtually make no money doing this, and we're, we're going to change that, um, 
that can come in and, and, and cover important county issues, policy issues that people want to tune into and that want to talk about. And that's why we have these forums. And that's why I want all of you to be here so we can have these conversations out in the open. And let me tell you this, county government, they're watching. They are watching. I get the feedback and they may not say it expressively, but they were watching. They're paying attention to to this stuff, and that's important. Um, is it okay if I open it up to questions, if, if anybody has questions? Does anybody have questions in the audience? We have a great audience. Can I make a statement Yeah, please, you absolutely. The only thing I would say, and I, you know, maybe, I think Ken and Carol probably would uh, agree with this, but perhaps not. <laughs> You'll let, let me know. Look, I, the thing with CAP is, and this is what really drew me to it, and, and you know, I was a novice on the political scene, and, and one of the things that I, and I'm looking at everybody when I say this, one of the things I really believe with CAP is, it's one of those things that it, if you want to make a difference in local politics and you want your community to be better, this is where we really have our niche. I mean, right? Because this is one of the things that we represent, whether it's, you know, liberal, conservative, middle of the road, gay, straight, male, female, it doesn't matter. We don't care about any of that. What we care is that it's better for the, the greater good for everybody. So if anybody, and if anybody is watching, uh, which I know you are, but if, if you guys really want to make a difference, come, get involved, come, hear your voice, because we're going to listen to what you have to say. That's really all I want to say. That's good, and people want to feel some sort of inclusion. And I know that a lot of people that, are, that may have watched or just out there in the county, there's so many people, especially when you're knocking doors as a candidate, I can tell you that they, they want to know what's going on, but they have, look, there's, there's people that have children every night. They don't have time to, to tune in or, or they don't have time to read stuff. I know my wife and I, we, you know, we get home sometimes at 6, 7.30 and we're just tired. We have to feed the kids, put them to bed, do the homework. And by the time 9.30 rolls around, we're like, hey, it's time to go to bed. And I want to read the news, but you just you don't have time to do that. So what about questions? We have a great audience. They're, they're attentive. They're very friendly. Looks like they're, they're fed. I see empty plates. So Julie has done her job as, uh, as our host. So do we have any questions? Do you have any issues or just want to make a general statement about some of the issues we discussed here today? Anybody? I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. Do you, do you want to come up? I can bring the mic over. I, I put the long cord here for What are some of your goals for the coming year? <laughs> That's a great question. You should be doing She's this. She's a plant. She's a ringer. You want to start, Kira? Oh, sure. Um, so uh, we, we feel uh, that one of the biggest issues with county government um, is the lack of diversity. And I don't just mean racial diversity, although certainly that. I mean, really anyone other than white male Republicans. Um, and, and so I think a major goal for us, not just this year, but, but long range, is to diversify the candidate pool so that we can diversify the elected body in all different ways, whether that's party affiliation, gender, race, religion, whatever. Um, however, there's no election this year, as you may have noticed. And so um, working There was one in Hancock. Okay, sorry, countywide. Um, 
working towards that, we think um, the, the, biggest, the biggest thing that needs to happen is that people need to understand what's going on in local government. They need to understand the role that they can play. And exactly as Scott said, how you actually can, as one person, make a difference in local government in a way that you probably can't on the national stage. Um, and so our, I think our major goal for this year is to work toward um, reaching a really diverse audience in Washington County, which does exist, so that we can engage them as voters. You bring up a great point. Where we live in Montgomery County, the county executive race in the primary, I mean, the, the race, of course, in the Democratic primary, decides who's going to be the next county executive. It came down to two candidates. It was decided by 77 votes, 77, against a longtime county councilman who was, I think, on the council since 2002, my wife's favorite councilman, and um, an and a independent sort of leaning moderate businessman that has done a lot of work in the community. And granted, this the independent businessman, did he, he self-funded his campaign um, to the tune of, I think, what, three or four million dollars, something like that. It was a lot. But it came down to 77 votes. So to your point, one person can make a difference. If you go out and knock doors in a neighborhood, if you go over to Halfway or down to Boonesboro, up in Smithsburg, Cascade, and Hancock, talking to 25 people as, a, as an organization, you wouldn't believe how the word spreads. And it's, it's that powerful. It is that potent that people can become purveyors of truth and they can be a, their own little small media outlet. And that is so vital in a community like Washington County. And can I just add, Please. because I don't want to be misunderstood, I, I have nothing against white male Republicans. Um, I'm surrounded by them all the time. Um, most of them are really nice and smart and good at their jobs, including Scott. But, but, it, but the, the government should reflect the population, and it doesn't right now. And that's what bothers us. Yeah, hey, I mean, I just wanted to add, and, and I agree with that, that we should have something that's representative. Could, could, you're, you're you're skilled, oh, sorry, my back's killing that's me. Okay. That's oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, no. So, look, you talked about 77 votes, and we talked about, I, I mentioned, and everybody echoed it, making a difference. Yeah, not just at the polls, or I mean at the, at the uh, voting place, whatever, not even at the precincts, but... For us as an organization, each individual can make a difference, and this is what I mean by this. So we just had our, our, biz, our monthly meeting uh, a week ago, and what we did was we talked about ideas for the year and what we're going to focus on, right? And this is the, the beauty of CAP, so to speak. And every one of our members who came to the meeting had input, and they could share what they wanted to, what they felt was important for the year. And then we went back and we talked about it, and we fleshed some of that out, and that's going to continue to grow. So. What happens then is that's what we focus on as an organization to try to influence, you know, the either as a follow-up and as a watchdog or as trying to talk to local officials. So the benefit of anyone who's interested in CAP is, yeah, you may not be an elected official, but you can come to one of our meetings. You can have input. You can have say. We're going to listen to you regardless of whether you're, what your demographics are. We don't care about that. What we want are people who are going to come, be involved, and bring up something that makes sense and that's relevant. And people, the last thing I think people do want to do is come to any boring meeting. And I want to say this. Your meetings aren't boring at all. You, Thank you. you. You stress important issues. You get to the point. We have cool speakers. And, and you have cool speakers, yes. Another thing is... I'll give it a word count, so I can only speak so much. Okay. And 
we understand that money is a force multiplier. It is. And you have to be your own little marketing sector of the organization, right? And we have Ken. He's diligently working on that aspect of CapPack. But I think you need more people to say, okay, we, we, we buy into the idea of what you're trying to accomplish. Forget about partisanship. It doesn't matter. I'm not a, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm a Democrat or Republican. We want smart people in government. But over the next four years, you have an opportunity, and especially with city elections. I think you, I see that as, a, as an inroad, as a valuable opportunity for CAPPAC to get involved in these city elections. Because even though people who live in the city of Hagerstown, they sort of know what's going on, you guys have a real chance to, to dominate the cycle and dominate the conversation and get people out to the flying camel and have these conversations so I can sit in the audience and watch you guys do a panel discussion. Wait, you're not becoming a member? No, <laughs> I could be, right? Even though I don't live in Washington County? Sure. Okay, all right, I am being recruited. Did you have a question, sir? Let me I have a, a general question that's actually a bit philosophical, but I, I'm a fan of partisanship. You're above partisanship, which doesn't intrinsically say you're against partisanship. We're not against it. And I think people, I mean, almost biologically, need to identify with a group that supports their positions. You're, you're either... Uh, you want you want everyone to be included, or you want to make America great again, whatever you know. So you you identify with these things, and as a group that's trying to sort of transcend that, how do you deal with the fact that people are going to be partisan, and you want to, in some sense, modify that? I think partisanship is good if you use a little common sense. So uh, let me speak to that real quick, and then I'll let uh, Kira or Scott add on. So one of the, the things that I have always firmly believed is that, so, so we're citizens above partisanship. You're right. We're not against partisanship. I firmly believe that differing opinions is extremely important. Uh, I would absolutely love it if we had Democrats, Green Party, Republican, Libertarians, Independents, all of them on our county uh, boards, county commissioner, board of ed, Hagerstown City Council, the differing opinions are so important because if, if you and I are on the same board and we agree on everything, one of us is actually not necessary on that board because we're going to have the same opinions and we need those differing opinions because we need to discuss those differing opinions because that's how we make progress. That, that is just so important to have those differences of opinion. Yeah, I, I think you are absolutely right that, um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, this is my tribe, these are my people. Um, maybe that's even biologically ingrained to a large extent for many people. Um, but there is a pretty important distinction for me between this is my tribe, these are my people, and your tribe and your people are bad and wrong and trying to destroy America or whatever it is. And that's where the hyper-partisanship, where partisanship crosses over into something negative, 
which I, I call hyperpartisanship, but we can come up with a different word if you want. But that that's where we are in this country and in this county, frankly, this place where it's not just that, here's my set of beliefs and here's my people that believe this along with me. But if you don't believe that, I don't like you, I can't talk to you, I can't be your friend, we can't negotiate, cooperate, we can't work together. I, I believe you to be a bad person because you disagree with me. And that it f runs fundamentally counter to my understanding of democracy. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and just as a side point, if you disagree, somehow you're nefarious or you have nefarious intents that if you're a Democrat or a Republican that disagree, where are we in our political culture that because of this disagreement somehow defines you as a human being or your character? And that's where I think we desperately need to move away from. I'm a firm believer. Final word. I'm a firm believer in there's more that unites us than divides us. We all essentially believe in the same things. We all, nobody wants to pay taxes. Nobody, everybody wants their children to do better than they did. Every, okay. You can pay my tax. I didn't say I don't believe in them. I said nobody wants to pay them. That's not my point. My point is nobody wants to pay them. The que that, that's a whole other discussion. Anyway, the point is there's more unite, that unites us than divides us. So the whole point is what we need to really figure out is what is our common ground? What do we care about? What can we agree with, even though we disagree philosophically on certain things, but what do we agree with on how we get to the end product that makes it better for everyone? Yeah. What's your website? Citizensabovepartisanship.com. Dot com. Okay. And the Facebook. What's your Facebook page? Uh, just uh, Facebook. Just just search for Citizens Above Partisanship, and you'll you'll find it. We're the only ones listed with that name. So, when is the next meeting? February twenty fifth at the Hagerstown Library, the downtown Hagerstown Library, and we are having a panel discussion on voter turnout from underrepresented groups in the county. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be really great. And where else can we get more information? Or do you have any big upcoming events aside from that? We do. We. Um, Let's see. Well, we have our February meeting. We have a meeting in March, which I've forgotten the topic of right now. So more on the, well, it's on our mm -hmm. website. You can read about it there. And then we were just discussing this earlier. We're hosting in April um, a Better Angels workshop. If you're not familiar with Better Angels, you should be. You can look them up online. Um, they're, a, they're a group fighting polarization, in political polarization on the national stage, and they run workshops in communities to try to get people on different sides of the political divide to talk to each other. So we'll be hosting one of those, too. Okay. Um, let's give the panel a hand. They did a great job tonight. So thank you. Thanks for coming out on a Super Bowl Sunday. This, this conversation was great. I, for me, I think this was my favorite event so far. Not to say the other, the other two were wonderful, but I, I'm, I'm, I feel a little spark tonight. And, uh, I, and I think that's because my wife and I have been watching uh, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmare. And, so, and I love this show. And it's like I see Gordon Ramsay's energy, and I'm like, how can I replicate that? So I just don't curse well, as much. Thank as you he. for having us, and thank you for well, coming out. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and one other thing, uh, you can find me on the web at aminordetail.com. This will be turned into a podcast. You can listen to this um, on blogtalkradio.com slash podcast. And uh, we'll, you guys will post it, and you can find it there. Once again, panel, thank you so much for coming out tonight and, and having this important discussion. And where's Julie? Hi, Julie, back in the corner. 
Julie, thank you so much for having us here tonight. And there will be many more of these panel discussions throughout the year. Have a safe trip home, everybody. Thank you.